Welcome to the Birth Nurses Podcast. I'm Shana Brickner from Preparented, and I'm joined by my co-host Liz Baker-Wade from Birth and Beyond in Santa Monica, and we are the Birth Nurses. In this podcast, we're going to talk about birth, babies, breastfeeding, nursing practice, and more from our perspective as nurses in the hospital world. From two women who have been on both sides of the birthing bed, we've got some things to talk about that will enhance your understanding of birth. Whether you're a newly pregnant, first-time parent, or expecting your second baby and you want a better experience this time around, this podcast is for you. Join me and my co-host and special guests as we discuss birth from the womb to the room. Hi, we are here doing our first podcast together, Shana and Liz. Hi, Shana. Hey. So exciting. I've been thinking about this, I'm Liz, for a really long time, and this is finally a vision coming true, so I can blab all I want and somebody (laughs) out there will listen to me. At least one person, hopefully. (laughs) Maybe only myself. (laughs) So... We are two labor and delivery nurses practicing in Los Angeles, and we have two very distinct and sometimes similar visions about our profession, which is specifically labor and delivery. I love it. Yeah. It's going to be really fun to see our different perspectives and hear what people have to say about it. So Liz, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long have you been in nursing? Kind of the basics. I have been in the labor and delivery world for 30 years. I started out as a nurse in the mid-80s in the liver transplant unit right at UCLA. I was trained there, and I had no intention to go into women's health. I know I probably shouldn't admit that, but maybe I should. And I was a vocational nurse, and when I decided to become a registered nurse— UCLA had a rule that you had to leave your home floor for a little while, and I defaulted into the labor and delivery room. I know that's terrible to admit. Um, I had a chance to go to the emergency room, and a friend of mine went to the emergency room, and there was an opening in labor and delivery. I know that a lot of people say they wanted to be a delivery room nurse from the beginning, that they felt their heart was in women's health. I really loved being a transplant nurse. So when I found myself in labor and delivery, I was sort of at the antithesis of my years on the liver transplant medical surgical unit. And it's something that I grew to fall in love with. It was definitely not love at first sight. I was terrified and I had no idea what I was getting into. I just thought, oh, birthing babies, that'll be sweet, won't it? I had really, really no idea about what nursing specifically would be like in the labor and delivery room. What about you? How'd you get started? Well, I'm I'm one of the people that knew from the very beginning <laughs> that I wanted to be in labor and delivery. So I'm from a small town called Salinas. It's northern-ish California. And um, in high school, there was like a career day, and I kind of knew I wanted to go into something healthcare-ish. I thought maybe physical therapy or something like that. And then a nurse was on the career panel, and she talked about her various 
uh, her, like job opportunities with nursing. She was a military nurse. She was a flight nurse. She was in the hospital. And I thought, wow, that's so versatile. And um, at the time, my dad was uh, delivering babies at the local hospital. And he got me... Um, he brought me to the hospital. Oh, like career to, day? Yeah, he follow brought me there. Follow your dad around labor and exactly. delivery day. Exactly. <laughs> he brought me there, and he's like, here, follow this labor and delivery nurse around. And all I knew at that point was I love pregnant ladies, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily understand the role of a labor and delivery nurse. Right. So I was following this nurse around, and she was like, okay, go in the locker room, put on some scrubs, and and you're going to come in the OR with me. And I was like, what? Right. So I put on some scrubs. I came out. I'm like 17 or 18 years old. And she plops me right in the middle of the OR watching this C-section. And I had a mask on and the hat, like little bonnet thing. Did you get a little vagal response, did you? Oh, I was sweating. <laughs> I awesome. I was almost going to faint. And, um, and I looked at her and like... Maybe she saw how red my face was or something, and she just motioned for me to get out of the OR before I fainted. That's what a lot of our so, dads look like. Right? So I, I walked out of there, and I was like, um, I never want to watch that again. And something now, you just can't unsee. Like, now, as an L&D nurse, like, we're circulating in the OR all the time, and it's no big deal. But, um, yeah, as scary as that as that was— was, was like, not a well, deterrent. Yeah, it wasn't a deterrent. I was like, okay, labor and delivery, here I come. You know, you bring up a really good point because I think that one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is sort of a consciousness raising for the public and for women and families to be and for their partners to really understand our role as nurses and what we do and what we're responsible for. So labor and delivery nurses are also circulating or operating room nurses. Mm-hmm. We are often scrub nurses. You you definitely do that. I do because I, st- I started out as a scrub. <laughs> that is a surgical assistant for many years before I decided to go to nursing school. Amazing. Um, you know, I was much more of a cliche Los Angeles, I want to be a singer. Um, and then I think I should default into nursing school because I'm not a singer and I'm getting up there, so... And it's, it's a good living right. as a nurse. But starting out as a scrub sort of gave me a little bit of a, um, a background in the operating room. So that wasn't scary to me. It was actually understanding that the birth experience comes with it um, a huge variant of scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's our parents' story that we often hear about how that went down. And if you're my age... It was, your father dropped me off, I had a baby, and we went home. And we know that there was some amnesia in That's that story. That's when they, like, <laughs> yell out from the room, it's a boy. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're drinking their coffee, like, in the waiting room. Yeah. Did your father tell you about the ins and outs of labor and delivery? Did he tell you about, or was he pretty removed from the nursing? Um, he, no, he definitely knew the ins and outs, and he, like, admitted that, his job was basically getting there to catch the baby and that the nurses would do pretty much everything else. They would call him. He'd be like, okay, call me when she's nine centimeters. Right. And then at three in the morning when she was nine or 10 centimeters, um, he'd get a call and then he'd go out the door, deliver the baby and he'd come back pretty soon. I mean, I was asleep, but I'm 
guessing it was pretty soon after. And that's really what it's like being a nurse. Like, we're we're in there. We're doing all the most of the work. I won't say all the work, but sometimes the patients are surprised. Like, wait, where's my doctor? I think this is a good time to <laughs> let the cat out of the bag that Shana and I are 35 years difference <laughs> in our age. So I say that she's young and fresh and has amazing ideas and is so excited. And I'm basically bitter and old and angry. And no, I'm kidding. But you have a lot of experience <laughs> and perspective that I don't have. I'm kind of like. Absolutely. But I think this is a, a really interesting perspective that we're mm-hmm. both going to be able to bring to how this all sort of the confluence of everything that we have to do. My yeah. father actually said to me once, this is probably about 10 years, he said, Lizzie, are you actually in the room when women give birth? And uh, it was really at that moment yeah. that I realized generationally that my father really had no idea who I am, wow. what I'm responsible for, and what I do, and the huge responsibility that a labor and delivery nurse has mm-hmm. on his or her shoulders. It's predominantly a female um, industry. Uh, there's a few guys in labor and delivery, but um, the responsibility is um, intense. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things we're going to take a deep dive into in this podcast mm-hmm. is talking about what does a nurse do? And we're going to talk about nursing yeah. and policy and procedure and standards of care and what all that means so that our public and our community really understand what's happening inside the unit. So where did you get your first job? So um, I graduated from a four-year university, but the nursing program was five years. And then Mm -hmm. I um, actually didn't get a job right after I took the NCLEX, the Mm -hmm. nursing boards. Uh, I waited about a year. I was stay-at-home momming because I had a one-year-old at the time. I did my last year of nursing school with a baby. Um, so I took wow. a time, a I can't even bit imagine. Of, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Took a little bit I just, of time off. I just, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to take a breath there. That yeah. sounds almost impossible. It, it Go was on. crazy, but I did it. I took some time off. Um, then I started applying for jobs and I was specifically looking for a job that would get me into labor and delivery right away. Mm-hmm. A lot of hospitals, when a new grad is applying, they want you to go into med surge first, which I saw the value in that because having those basic nursing skills is so important for any area of nursing. Um, but I had this gut feeling that if I was in any department besides labor and delivery, that I would really hate my job. <laughs> and so I was looking for new grad residency programs straight into labor and delivery, and I found one. And it was Hollywood Presbyterian Medical mm-hmm. Center. So I was in the new grad residency program there. It was like a four-month training period where you're working on the unit at the same time that you're having classes, specifically in labor and delivery. Mm-hmm. So um, that was like a four-month training. And then I worked there for two years. And um, then I moved on to the current hospital that I am now. It's kind of my story, and you talked about UCLA. Yeah, I got um, my start um, as a med surge nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, it was time that there was a, a, a very particular um, shortage of nurses in Los Angeles in the mid-'80s. 
And when I went to get my first job, they said we have needs all over the hospital, head and neck, surgical oncology, liver transplant, medical surgical, and we really want you to go to this floor, 7 West, back at, in the day. And I said, clearly, I said, I am not qualified <laughs> to go to such a heavy floor. And it was the best thing I ever did. Wow. I felt that I was very well trained there. It was a team lead approach back in the 80s. There were uh, four or five LVNs and two RNs on the floor. We did primary care. Um, patients were really sick. And it was a place for me to learn assessment skills. The people that trained me were amazing. I was in a teaching situation where learning with residents in the beginning and then being able to sort of flip that role a little bit uh, towards the end of my three and a half years on that floor. So I felt like when I got to labor and delivery, there were things that I weren't, you know, that are things that I, that I wasn't afraid of. I wasn't afraid of a pregnant woman with heart disease or a pregnant woman with end-stage breast cancer or a pregnant woman with preeclampsia mm -hmm. or a pregnant woman with um, blood dyscrasias, those kinds of things. Like I can manage this part, yeah. but I was just very, very surprised at the overwhelming amount of women who are ill mm -hmm. in a pregnancy situation. Yeah. And I was completely caught off guard that there were so many women who had started out their pregnancies or became ill during their pregnancies. So working in that sort of high-risk dynamic helped me use my skills as a med search nurse and also sort of foray into kind of understanding this world of labor and delivery. And it was really, really nice when there was healthy patients. Yeah. And I have to say that was, you know, that was the majority of patients yeah. right? because I, I was at a teaching hospital hospital in a, in a major university. Mm -hmm. We had our fair share of sick moms. Um, I watched the arc, right, the bell curve, if you will, of that change over the years. We yeah. have a, a much different patient population yeah. that, you know, has increased the risk of Definitely. just normal, healthy women. Um, and that was sort of what made me think about birth education, Awesome. And starting to teach birth education and yeah. try to help women understand what was going on mm -hmm. and how to manage some of their um, issues. Yeah. Now we're seeing a lot more patients who are doing IVF or have had multiple miscarriages, um, high blood pressure and... Pelvic surgery. Every, yeah. Mm -hmm. So many things. I think that's really valuable that you had a med surge background because that's one area where I feel like... When a patient comes in and they have a long list of their medical history, I'm like, ah, how do I do this? Because my hope is that, like, we're mainly going to have the healthy woman who's pregnant in her 20s. Right. But that is not necessarily like the demographic you. right now. <laughs> you, are, you were my dream patient. Right? Like, no medical history. I was and... not your dream patient. <laughs> I was... Tell us Just shy of my 36th <laughs> birthday when my son was born and bloomed preeclampsia. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I I was I was that high risk mom. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when we watch this process unfold, that in most parts of the hospital, people come in ill and yeah. leave more well. 
But in certain areas of labor and delivery, in certain populations, yeah. people come in well and and become ill. And we're going to explore a lot about why that happens, yeah. how it happens, how we treat those moms, mm-hmm. and how we try to give them the best maternal fetal outcome that we can give, despite some roadblocks within our own community. And um, I think that's something that uh, might not make us popular, but it's something that needs to be talked about. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mantra with any patient is that they're at the result of their birth and their birth experience is healthy mom, healthy baby, and also healthy birth memory. Because I think there's so much trauma that comes along with remembering your birth story. Um that then it kind of makes you not want to have any more babies. And I want you to have more babies. <laughs> you know, that's really interesting. That's a perfect segue into one of the, the areas that we're going to pretty much take a deep dive into. And it's the birth story mm-hmm. and how certain women are very attached to the birth story. Other women are not. Other families are not. Partners of women having babies. Um, how that affects the relationship their relationship to themselves, their bodies, their team. Yeah. Those are things that we absolutely have to explore. And we want the best maternal fetal outcome possible. Definitely. Your nurse wants you to have an experience where you come back and say, that was amazing mm-hmm. or thank you. Definitely. And we want you to be able to look back on this with a sense memory that allows you to move forward into parenting the way you want to parent and not uh, have to have that birth story hold you back. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether we do the best job that we can to help women with that birth story. I think there's so many more people involved in the relationship now between the birth nurse and the birth doula and the parents of our patient Mm -hmm. and the obstetrician that all of a sudden the relationship becomes all muddled up into a big group of people who have opinions. And hopefully you and I will be able to get some things cleared up. Oh, yeah. To help people get a more... I don't know if it's going to be more linear or a more abstract idea of what you're going into. I have a particular feeling that when we go into the birth experience with too much of a specific goal, with a specific birth story in our minds, then we have thrown up what is seemingly this insurmountable wall Mm -hmm when something comes up that doesn't fit in with that narrative. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like psychobabble bullshit. (laughs) But the truth is that we watch it happen, you and I, all All the time. time. We watch somebody come in with with an idea in their head. birth plan, yeah. And then what seems to them as some wrench that we have thrown in their way to us is just a minor detail. Mm -hmm. And I always wonder, how did that birth story start out? Yeah. How did that birth story become part of their narrative? And what other area of your life are you so rigid that one small detour can throw your whole world into a spin where the birth story or that story turns out to be something that is almost 
irreconcilable in your mind right. for the rest of your life. I don't know how it starts, but I have my ideas, mm-hmm. and I think that it's going to be great to really explore that yeah, together. Talk about that yeah, a lot. I think will. that definitely goes on the topic of birth trauma, like when you're perfect plan is messed up, mm-hmm. you're going to be traumatized. Yeah. So. I mean, isn't it the same with everything? Yeah. Plastic surgery. Right. We've all, <laughs> looked, we've all walked down the street and seen that go wrong. Planned. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened to that person's nose? <laughs> so, um, oh, man. I know that we have a lot to talk about. I think we're going to uh, have a lot of fun with what experts come in. Yeah. We'll talk to doulas and obstetricians. Mm-hmm. We we'll talk to gynecologists. Patients. We will talk to patients. Yeah. We will talk to moms who have experienced a natural birth. Mm. And to me, that means gave birth. But to other, that means a normal, spontaneous vaginal birth without right. medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, elective operations, elective surgical birth, we yeah. call cesarean section. Um, unintended cesarean sections. Um, unintended hospital birth, how we deal with a transfer from a home birth. Mm. Talk to some midwives and some home birth midwives. Yeah. I I want to talk to some dads and get their yeah. feedback on talk to the dads. how it was being a labor support person yes. for their, for their the woman. Dads, the partners, <laughs> yeah. the boyfriends, yeah. the parents, everybody, everybody gets a shot. Mm-hmm. At talking about what their impression was from inside the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, labor and deliveries to me, the ultimate telephone game. I don't know if you ever played that. I'm probably dating myself. I made we a reference to Gumby. telephone still, Liz. Yeah. You're not I, uh, that old. Am I? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I made a reference to Gumby in talking about Gumby. my son's head when he was born. <laughs> and I did have one nurse go, who? Oh, no. Like, okay. <laughs> she needs to be removed from the nurse's station immediately. <laughs> but... The telephone game is the story that you remember. Mm -hmm. And I hear this as a birth educator. I've been teaching for um, 18 years now in this community. And uh, people tell me stories about what their friends said. And I know experientially that what they're saying did not happen. But it's the story that was told. It's what they remember. And it's the story that you heard. Right. And then... The truth lays somewhere in between what your dear friend really wants you to know. So we all think that our dear friends disclose every minor detail of their labor and birth, but But not so much. There's a lot of interesting dynamics that go on, especially in our community, yours and mine. We're Mm -hmm. we're in an interesting place. There's uh, it's it's tough to be uh, a pregnant woman and try to. Feel the questions that come your way that perfect strangers and people want to ask and expect yeah. answers to. Yeah. I mean, do people ask you, touch your body or ask you how long you're going to breastfeed and are oh, you yeah. going to stroller push your baby or are you going to carry your baby in a sling? Yep. It's all, it's the cascade of questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're pregnant. How many weeks are you or when's your due date? Are you having a boy or a girl? What are you going to name him or her? So this is... This was one reason why my husband and I decided to not find out the sex of our baby mm-hmm. when I was first pregnant <clears throat> yeah. because we didn't want to answer all those questions. That's really funny. Um, That's so great. when it would get to the question of, oh, are you having a boy or a girl? We would say, we don't know. 
And then it would stop the questions. You know, I don't know is a very powerful answer. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes when patients are asking me those questions, do you know how long, you know, how long do you think my labor will be? Oh my gosh, know. that's the million dollar question. Do you think I'll push for a long time? I don't know. Do you think yeah. it's going to be easy birth? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> and they're like, wow, this nurse, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know much. I think... I think we should do a whole episode on things you shouldn't say to a pregnant woman. One time, I was at work with other labor and delivery nurses, pregnant with my second, mm -hmm. and this nurse, I don't work with her now, but mm -hmm. she came up to me and she goes, oh, your belly is growing and your butt is growing too. Yeah. And then she right. proceeded to ask how much weight I had gained. Yeah, in I was what like, world what? does that seem that like a good idea? That is not appropriate. I said, that's for me and my doctor to know. And then she like chuckled like it was funny, and it was not. I was so offended. Yeah, but that's also <laughs> just an odd person who probably right. went. But I, I always thought it was really interesting when people would comment on your body. Yeah. <laughs> my God, your baby must be huge. Well, thanks. It's like, well, cool. So I'm you think short. I'm There's huge. nowhere to go. Yeah. So I'm, You're having a I'm an elephant right, right. now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Very mean, uncomfortable. People understood the anatomy mm -hmm. and really, really the interesting different possibilities for the shapes of pelvises. There's three or four. Then they would really understand that you could be sitting next to a person who is exactly the same gestational age. Mm -hmm. And one woman looks huge. Right. And one woman looks small and the yeah. next one looks average and they all have exactly the same baby yeah yeah but what makes yep. it worse is if you ask the one who has a bigger belly for lack of a better term mm -hmm. if they're having twins oh right? no never 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 <laughs> like oh wow oh you're only 20 weeks but you look so big are you having twins right. like just stop just, just stop. stop now. Just stop. I know. That's when I wish I had a, like, a remote control for people. Right? You just want to pause. Turn it off. <laughs> Rewind. Just freeze them in a minute. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to have a lot to talk about. It's going to be, um, you know, it's so much more than physical care. It's uh, most people will be astonished at what we're doing when mm -hmm. we're not at the bedside. Yeah. Where's my nurse? What is she doing? Right. Um, uh, the amount of... Uh, Documentation that needs to take place in a so hospital much setting. Charting. A lot of charting, what mm -hmm. that means. Yeah. Should be interesting. I think what's going to be really fun about this podcast is really being able to go into lots of different directions in nursing and in medicine, not just labor not just, and delivery, yeah. but when you're trying to get pregnant, when to see an infertility physician at what point do you throw up your hands i have a little bit of experience with this as i was a surrogate mother in the 90s and my cousin and i, I entered love into that a little tidbit about we you entered into a surrogate <laughs> relationship and um we uh lauren and her husband made a baby and i carried that baby to term i love it she's now a junior at berkeley a little bit of bragging, and she is my <laughs> second cousin. Wow. So um, we'll talk about infertility, we'll talk about labor and birth, and we'll talk about sexual dysfunction, and mm -hmm. we will talk about birth trauma and childhood trauma. We'll have so many really interesting, fun guests to enlighten our community. I think it's going to be amazing. There's so many questions to be answered. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think... Um, 
we have a lot of knowledge to share with my five years of nursing and your 30 years experience, oh, I think, combined. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible if I'm only 35. <laughs> right? Shana? How did that happen? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we we have a lot of great things to share, and I'm excited for, for how it's all going to play out. And I'm excited to have this conversation 15 more years from now. Yeah. When somebody comes up to you on the street and says, you were my birth nurse. Oh my gosh, you have so and many amazing stories. my son is graduating probably. high school. <laughs> and y'all go, oh, how huh? did that happen? <laughs> so uh, stay tuned. We're going to have a really good time. And uh, this is Shana and Liz. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Birth Nurses Podcast. If you enjoyed this, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can share this podcast with your pregnant friends or new moms. Secondly, you can write a review and rate us on iTunes. And thirdly, we would love if you would check out our Instagram accounts and websites. I'm on Instagram as Preparented and online www.preparented.com. And Liz is on Instagram as Birth Nurse Liz, and her website is birthandbeyond.net. Thanks for listening.